You're listening to the Bach to Rock South Riding Podcast, the podcast by music educators from America's Music School. Welcome back to another episode of Bach to Rock South Riding Podcast. I'm joined today by my wonderful co-host, Josh Tom, and myself, Aaron. Today, we're going to be talking about, well, I'll have Tom kind of take it away and let us uh, lead us into it. I guess we will begin at the beginning. Oh! So where our journey began as musicians, because it probably didn't start as a musician. Like whenever we were first exposed to playing an instrument, we weren't like, I'm a musician now, right? <laughs> like we were yeah. probably, I'm going to try this probably because my parents want me to or because I want to. And then somewhere along the line, we became musicians. And so we could probably go into that and also talking about if you didn't have that experience yet for our listeners, how that opportunity is still open. Yeah. I think as a teacher and we've seen tons and tons of people come into our classrooms over and over and we see the gambit of different kinds of students and where they are actually beginning their journey. I'd say the majority of them are definitely going to be younger the children, whether it's mom and dad who are saying, I think that you should be exposed to the world of music. Maybe mom and dad had a little bit of music experience in their past and they said, you want to pass this down to you because I think it's important. Or maybe it's someone saying, well, I have an interest. Can I try that? There's many different places to start as a musician. And and that could, that could be from listening to music and I hear something, maybe it's a favorite band. Ooh, I want to be like him or she sounds awesome. I want to try to do what she does. Or I saw a YouTube video and I want to, I think I can do that. And the conversation that we could have could start on many different levels. It could be, I want to start, but I don't know what to start with. I have an interest in this and I try it and maybe it's not the thing for me. Maybe it, I move on to something else but I at least have to start somewhere. So that conversation could actually start in many different places because it could morph, you know, like I could start off on piano and then it could move to drums and then it can move to guitar or whatever it is. It has many different manifest manifestations where it could go for any one of my students that come through the, through the door. It's what, you know, what, it's, what has inspired you to start playing the instrument that you want to do? whether that's an instrument or maybe even band. I don't know. What do you guys see when, when, when your that, students come through? That's actually the first question I typically ask, not just if I have a student starting for the first time, but even if I have a student that I'm just sitting in substituting for another teacher, I will typically ask, like if I've never met that person before and I'm teaching them guitar, I'll typically ask, so what made you want to start guitar? Yeah. Or why are you playing guitar? Or what made you want to sing? Why do you want to sing this style of music that we're working on? Whenever I'm meeting a student for the first time, it's always an interesting story and it's never the same story. No. And that's, that's honestly what I like the most about it is to compare that to my own story. And I usually follow up with that of like, oh, that's awesome. I wanted to start this instrument because of this happening in my life. Yeah. And being able to share that story as a way of having common ground and also kind of establishing a connected a connection from one musician to another. Yeah. As a parent, I think it's important to be open to listening to your child's interests, especially sports are very pushed 
quite a bit in the yeah. in, in the um, school curriculum. Music, not so much. Music's usually the first to go in most public school budgets. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yes, that is. So when your kid has an interest in music, being open to that and saying, "Okay, well, let's try it," and especially for Bach to Rock, because we as a company do have open houses, and it's awesome that anybody can take advantage of coming in on a Saturday or whenever we have an open house and saying, I don't know what I want to try, but you know what? Let's try everything because I can. For me, when I was a kid, I never had that opportunity unless you went to a guitar store or especially in the place that I grew up, they didn't have like a whole drum room set up and then a whole guitar room set up and then a whole, you know, that just didn't really exist. And if you went over and played the pianos, everybody's like, don't play those pianos. <laughs> yeah. Stay away from there. There's a red ribbon around all of those pianos oh for goodness. a reason. You know, those that, are expensive. Yes, Did yes. we experience the same life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, this is nice because we, we encourage it. We very much encourage that process. It, as soon as we see that in anybody's eyes, that was fun. Yes. That's, that's what we want because music is so just, it's infectious. It's so fun to be able to create something. I think that that whole process of beginning and where to begin. Personally, I think starting on the piano is extremely important. Yes, absolutely. I think to get that foundation down and understanding how music works visually because the piano is a visual instrument is extremely important for all musicians. Everybody likes to sing, but it's also under it's also important to understand the intervals and the distances between those intervals and being able to sing them correctly. I've worked with enough singers in my life and played with enough singers in my life that not everybody understands that process. I always come back to um, the classic example of there's these shows like The Voice and America's Got Talent, 20,000 people try out in a city. And it comes down to five people who can actually sing. You know, 19,000 and they can't sing, but they thought they could. They thought they could sing, but they've all been turned away. And it comes down to the five, and even if it's like the five best, okay. The moral of the story is, is that most people think they can sing, but they can't really sing. Now that's subjective because then you could say someone like Bob Dylan couldn't sing. And it's like, yeah, okay. So there's an artistry to it mm. and how you spin that artistry on your own art. So it's a matter of how, what you do with your art, but it's also extremely important to understand the foundations of music. And I think piano is a wonderful place to start with that. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to like what you were saying about singing, a lot of people, they can sing, but they, like you said, they can't sing. Like they can't match the pitch because they've never been trained to do so. Correct. Like it sounds great and everything, but when you pair it like with an instrument that's tuned and everything, it might sound a little bit off because they haven't been exposed to those tones over and over and over again. When we learn about singing, we typically use the piano and the piano, I always tell people it's laid out in black and white. Uh, like literally. <laughs> yeah, we, we just, we, we use the piano as the main tool to teach singing, to teach music theory. Sometimes I'll use it to teach a little bit of guitar, like just to show the intervals because on the guitar, it's not as straightforward. 
as on the piano. These are half steps on the guitar. These are half steps and whole steps on the piano. I like that you mentioned that because even in my more advanced guitar students that I have, whenever I'm teaching music theory to them and talking about intervals, it is very challenging to try and illustrate that on a guitar. Mm. You can illustrate root, third, fifth for a couple things, but then I usually find myself saying, hold on and walking over to the piano and being like, I know you don't play this, but you know, you, you might not recognize what I'm doing with the keyboard, but you can hear the difference that way because it is laid out in a much more organized way for teaching something like that. Yeah. And then when you get that response of, Oh, then it's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because on the guitar are stringed instruments, whether it's bass guitar, or even if you go to like violin or cello or whatever it is, especially with those, because they're not fretted instruments, right? To be able to see that, and be able to actually visualize this is a third. Okay, we have our root and our fifth, and those that's your foundation. And you have your third, which, and I always talk about how the third leans left or right, and how you have this leaning up and leaning down. And they're like, oh, and I can take the third and move it up and down. They're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I understand now. And it's it's really cool to be able to see that and be able to transfer and show musicians that yeah, but I'm a guitarist or I'm a bassist. And it's like, no, let's try to get away from that. You're a musician. Let's call ourselves a musician. So that way that you can go over to another instrument and you know the foundations of music and you can make it work. That's so important. We're here to build musicians, not just instrumentalists. Right. We want them to do things with their instruments, but do it in a cohesive way. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times with drumming, like being a drummer myself, like you don't get that. You don't like, you don't really understand. And I've taken drum students to the piano to show them, Hey, here's a chord structure. This is what you're trying to do. Every four bars or something like this, they're going to, or every, every measure they're changing chords. Yeah. Right. And you got to hold it for four beats and hold it together for four beats. Yeah. You're the, you're the metronome of the band and everything, but, you got to listen to the other members of the band to see where they're going and maybe feed off of them and try to copy what they're doing and everything. Be more of a musician about it. Use the toms, use the cymbals in a different way than just smacking it. Mm -hmm. What's really fun is when you get an advanced drummer who really understands the drums, you know, really understanding what they're all about, how to move through them, how to kind of feel them. And then they kind of sit there when the band is working on something and they know that they shouldn't be noodling. So what they what do they do? They go pick up like an like acoustic guitar or something like that, and they'll go sit at the piano, and they just start working things out. And you're like, that's so cool. Yeah, that <laughs> is cool. and you kind of help, you kind of give them a little nudge here and help them, and then they continue on with that journey all on their own. And next thing, they're like, hey, I bought a guitar, and you're like, yes, yeah, that's awesome, and that's that's a great feeling. Know that that knowing that because I've had that happen with a few drummers where they're not bored with their instrument. That's certainly not the case, but they're ready to expand. Yeah, and I find that most oftentimes that will happen with drummers, mm-hmm. not so much myself included. Guitarists, because guitarists are very much like, no, this is a guitar and I'm guitar forever. You know, <laughs> we are diehards. Yeah, we yeah, are. Yes. Yeah. Once you find the guitar, you're like, okay, nothing else. Matters. I don't need anything else. <laughs> I'm fine over here in my comfort zone. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So, yeah, it's it's funny that I, I do find the drummers have a tendency to kind of expand. We don't have a melodic instrument, so it's like, what can we do? And then I'm going to play on a little bit of piano and see how this works. Because piano is technically a percussive instrument. The piano itself, the hammer's hitting the strings. And I think, Josh, you had commented that on our previous episode, talking about as a drummer, how you saw other musicians, other instrumentalists, learning so much more and you felt limited just being in the rhythm section. Yep. So, you know, that I, I can see how as drummers, they definitely want to expand. They, they reach their, their boundaries relatively quickly yep. and there's a whole other world out there beyond that boundary just waiting to be learned. Yeah, yeah. We tend, we tend to hit a wall of like, okay, now I've got all four of my limbs doing different things at the same time. How fast can I get these? And then that's about it. You could do stuff, but it's all about getting faster and, doing more complex things really it's the same stuff over and over again just faster and maybe split apart between two different drums rather than the same drum i love going to the piano and just noodling around like i'm not a piano player by any means but i can play some chords mm. and then i just play some sort of melody up on top i'll do that like just about every single time that i come in here i'll just find a piano and just noodle around for like five minutes and that just fills my my need to, to do something melodic and yeah, and we were talking about taught me intervals. I can pick up the bass and figure out some intervals, figure out a song. Guitar. Should we define what an interval is for those who may not know? We can. I don't know that we're going to get too technical on the podcast. Uh, we can at times. If, um, sure. Intervals are. The distance between two notes is what I always say. There you go. <laughs> that works. <laughs> that works better. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. Do to re or do to me or do to fa or do so on and so forth. <laughs> Intervals. Yep. So out of curiosity, how did you begin your journey, Tom? I started with my public school music program. Prior to that, in elementary school, you have the generic music class. And I didn't really like it all that much. Mm. And it wasn't until I got to fifth grade that my elementary school had a strings program. They didn't have enough room to do chorus and band. So it was just a strings program. And I could either do that or the generic music class. I had to do one or the other. Mm. And I was like, I need something a little bit more than what was just the generic music class. And so I tried strings. And whenever it came to choosing an instrument, I could choose violin, viola, or cello. I remember staring at the form. I feel like I'm making a decision that's going to last the rest of my life. I'm going to be committing to something 10 yep. year old me yeah. coming up with that. And then what made me choose violin was actually the Lord of the Rings, the two towers. Oh, okay. I had just seen it. So if that dates my age, I had seen it a year or two before the theme song for whenever the characters are in Rohan, mm. it's a Norwegian fiddle. Da, 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 da. And I was just like, what is that instrument? It was oh. one of those moments where I'm just like, I just got to find out what that is. And it was like, you know, nine-year-old me asking my dad, hey, what is that? Oh, it's a violin. Oh, cool. And then flash forward and I'm like, I'm going to try violin and I'm going to learn that song. And awesome. the rest is history. Do you still remember it? I, I can play it. Yeah. Okay. I don't have my violin here. So um, fast forward beyond that. What brought you into guitar? So that came... Because there's a transition there. There is a transition. So I found my niche with violin. Like I felt, I felt like I was really good at it. 
started taking lessons specifically for violin through middle school into high school. I was like top of my class with violin Mm -hmm. and my best friend who did not play violin or any of those, he played guitar and he would hang out with me at my house and he would always bring his guitar. And, you know, he was like a true metalhead. Iron Maiden was his favorite band. (laughs) And I'm like, I accepted that. I was like, that's not my thing, but you know, and he was like, let me show you. I'm, I'm playing the trooper on, yeah. you know, and he's like playing all that, like not plugged into an amp cause he couldn't bring his amp over. Yeah. But I just thought it was so cool. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm like hearing some of those similar notes, he's pressing the fingers to the fingerboard. Like I do with the violin. And I, one day I was like, Hey, can you show me how to like do some stuff with that? He taught me uh, G and C and then I learned every rose has its thorn. <laughs> yeah. That was my first guitar song. And then after that, I was like pretty much hooked. Yeah. And so I continued concurrently as a violinist and I have not had a single lesson on guitar. That's like my secret airing <laughs> to the listeners <laughs> as a teacher. Yeah. yeah. That's Tom's like my, one of the big, the big guitar teachers here. My number. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My secondary instrument is guitar and I have not had a single lesson on it. But you do pretty good on it. That's so. okay. Thank that's you. Okay. Violin, guitar, piano. No, I am not a fan of piano. Actually. You're not a fan of piano. I find it. So with my discipline as a violinist, left hand is making the notes on the fingerboard. Mm-hmm. Right hand is rhythm and motor skills. Yes that doesn't translate to piano exactly the same okay. right hand is melody on piano. Left hand is chords and that my brain just does not want to work that way. Okay. I mean, it does, you know, it, on guitar, left hand is chords, right hand is rhythm and motors. Mm. But for some reason I sit in front of a piano, I can play piano. I, I learned piano in college keyboard applications. So basically like enough to be able to play enough uh-huh. and teach you know, be able to successfully teach piano, um, to an advanced level, but I don't pursue it beyond that. Okay. Like if you ask me to do anything music theory wise, I'm thinking of the violin Okay. in my left hand. Makes sense. Okay. What about bass? Bass was something I picked up in high school after I had already done guitar for a few years because I was in a garage band mm. and yes. they needed somebody yeah. to play the riff for seven nation army. <laughs> That's the song. That's the song. <laughs> and and so the guitarist, he had his like Les Paul and his really nice amp and his pedal board. He wouldn't let anybody touch. And he's like, this is all I'm doing. And then we had our drummer who, you know, he had his kit and he was very happy with that. Lead singer also played guitar. Nobody played bass. I was the violin guy right. that they brought in to teach them music You're theory. playing bass. And they were like, <laughs> there's no violin on Seven Nation Army. We need you playing bass. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and so I played bass. And okay. then I put it down for a few years. And then I got a bass after college. And that I've actually found has been really rewarding to pick that up as fourth on the list. Yeah instrument violin guitar bass do you sing at all i do okay so singing i picked up in college i sang before that not really so much but i i could carry a tune but i couldn't harmonize anything i didn't feel like i was like a lead singer in of any way um but my college education included oral skills was what the college called it um which is singing learning all of solfege, being able to sing any melody in solfege. Yep. It was burned into my brain, yep. like MK ultra style. Yep. And then after that, I, you know, was singing from that class, but then I 
was a college kid, broke, needed money. So I started busking. Oh. Street performing. There you go. Yeah. So I would play in um, Old Town Alexandria at King Street. And I did that for six years. And wow. I would play, um, I would actually play mandolin because that was another instrument that I picked up. Mm. And I would sing and I would do that three hours every Saturday, make some decent money. Yeah. And did that for a very long time. And I feel like, like that's how I refined my voice was through singing through yeah. that. And it's also a fun thing to say at parties about myself. So, yeah, I was a street performer for six years. <laughs> awesome. Okay. And then last but not least, Josh's favorite drums. Drums I picked up this year. Okay. Pretty so much. Something pretty new to you. Yeah. Um, I maybe even a little bit last year, I didn't have a kit or anything. Um, I did have Guitar Hero World Tour, which was the rock band equivalent of Guitar Hero. Yeah. And I had the full kit, which is not arranged. If anyone's played that, it's not arranged like an actual kit at all. Your snare is like on the left. (laughs) And you're like, you've got like a rack in the middle. It's awful. But they have the kick. So I did learn a little kick, but I was totally doing it wrong. Um, And I was holding the sticks wrong and everything. But I did get ace notes in the right hand, snare in the left and kick. So I did start to get some of that independence, but not past like video game playing. Right, right, right. Um, and then working here, we've got how many drums? A lot. Six, a lot, yeah. six, seven sets of drums. Mm, probably more. Probably more. <laughs> there's some, there's some in storage. <laughs> yeah. And so that came from me just grabbing the sticks that are at, at the front desk for teachers and being like, I'm just going to go hop on one and try and learn something. And plus we have so many drum teachers here. Just be like, Hey, you got a minute? And that's what I do with my, my breaks now is, awesome. you know, just trying to learn that instrument, add that to my list. Yeah. So there you go, kids, someone who started off a long time ago and continually is a student of music. I'm a student today. So now that we've talked about Tom, let's transition over to Josh. Tell us your story of how you got into music. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, by the way, I think we have 11 drum kits. Wow, you you were counting? I think so. <laughs> we might like have full like five piece kits. Yeah, missing some symbols, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I got started in music growing up. My my family, like my dad, my uncle, my grandfather, my aunts, like they were in a bluegrass band. Every family reunion, every like family birthday that we would have for me, Mall was my grandma's name, and Ma <laughs> yeah. was her mom's name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, every time we got together, there would be bluegrass playing. They would always do a performance every single time. That's sick. That is so rare. Like that's not, that's not your average American family. So you grew up with that since the beginning. Yeah. And the weird thing was I didn't appreciate it at the time. No, I just, I just, it was just a thing that happened every single time. But like, as I got older and more involved in music, I was like, you know, this is pretty cool. Like, like we do this every single time. It's so cool. Um, I was kind of exposed to that and everything. Um, and my sister went to middle school and she picked up the clarinet. When I got towards middle school, I wanted, I knew I wanted to do something, but I didn't want to play trombone or, or clarinet or anything like that. I wanted to do something a little bit different than that. So drums, that's, that's where the drums come in. Um, I have a question for yeah. you. So typically, if I'm not mistaken, bluegrass ensembles are typically string bands mm-hmm. with five pieces. So you've got guitar, banjo, mandolin, bass, and either a dobro, which is like a slide guitar or fiddle yep yeah was there anything there that had an influence on you to choose drums banjo the banjo yep the banjo 
one because it looks like a drum. It has. Um, it's like a, like a drum head on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got an actual drum head on it. My dad played the banjo primarily. He tried to get me to play the banjo. I wasn't really interested in it at the time. Looking back, I should have done it. I wanted to do a rhythmic type of thing. Like I grew up where like my mom was always like patting on my back and everything, <laughs> like like just patting rhythms and everything. So I really wanted to do something with rhythm. And every instrument has rhythm, but I wanted to focus on that. Um, so got to middle school and I had rhythm because I, I was drumming on tables all the time and everything. Finally got to put it to work when I got to middle school and it just grew from there. And I didn't really get exposed to piano, guitar or anything like that until about college, honestly. Uh, there were the typical band instruments and marimba and stuff, which is kind of like the piano. Nothing like hardcore where I was actually getting the opportunity to play on them. We had the instruments at my house, but yeah. I just never really touched them. Yeah, yeah. I was in a garage band in high school and yeah, that, that went actually pretty well. Um, I think I mentioned it last episode, like I found a video and it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. <laughs> I'm proud of my little, my little self. That was about all I was exposed to with like strings and piano. Got to college. I had to pick up a secondary instrument, which was piano. It got hammered into your brain probably. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm not the best piano player in the world, but I can I can play some stuff. I can figure some stuff out. Yeah. So I learned music theory in high school, and then I learned even more music theory in college. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to apply that to like the bass guitar and guitar and everything. And I'm teaching myself a little bit of guitar. I really like the bass. The bass is so much fun. <laughs> um, Drummers like basses. I really like the bass because it's it's four strings and very rhythmic. And <laughs> bass and drums is kind of kindred spirits. Yep. I mean, like there's a reason why bassists are typically near the drum set. Yep, 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 yep. yep. That's the foundation. Yeah. So I'm I'm teaching myself a little bit of bass right now. How about singing? <laughs> Not really. Some I, people like to sing. Some people are just like, no, nah, I can do without it. I sing like uh, Jack Black. Okay. Like, so you add the the rock. Yeah. Style when to I can't it. hit a note, I turn it into some sort of like like yeah. e epic here <laughs> and I have the peak of destiny. Like you know, right? Like, like do something like that where like I can't hit that high note. I'm gonna bring it real low and make it sound funny. But it works. It works sometimes. So I didn't really do that in college. Like I had a little bit of little bit of singing like classes, but it was mostly just drums piano woodwind brass instrument type stuff that's about where i come from nice excellent the that's bluegrass cool. part is probably the best part though <laughs> that is very unique but you have a really solid foundation in terms of again all our stories are very different but having yes that background of bluegrass and coming through the the you know it sparked this interest in in you and saying okay well i'm going to try something a little bit different Having the experience of being in symphonic band and being able to be exposed to the marimba, and even though they're not exactly the classic instruments like piano or anything like that, uh, you do have a little bit of um, exposure to intervals and mel mm -hmm. melody, uh, and then going into high school with theory, college and going into piano and expanding and expanding and then obviously coming here and kind of taking it even further so again a student to the day oh yeah yeah and it's funny i don't realize how much i can recall from from like music theory in college and everything until i'm teaching a lesson and i'm like 
Hey, I know this. <laughs> I'm going to teach numbers, it to you. <laughs> the numbers yeah, are right, a cloud right. around your it brain. Like, it calculating, clicks. Calculating. It clicks. I'm like, what is going on? I don't, I don't remember being able to do this in college. How did I, I, I guess I retained it. <laughs> so Aaron. Yes. Mine was a little bit different. I've always been involved in music. My brother played trumpet. I honestly don't really remember that because he didn't really play it all that much. And if he did, I just don't remember it. My musical journey started, I think, when I was four. I remember they had these little tape players, a toy tape player. And I remember hearing Beethoven's uh, Moonlight Sonata. And we had an upright piano in the, in the basement of my house. And I remember going downstairs and figuring out the first half of the Moonlight Sonata, rewinding and playing, rewinding and playing, rewinding and playing, rewinding and playing just a million times over and learning the Moonlight Sonata and just doing it by ear over and over and over again because it fascinated me with the Moonlight Sonata. It was something that I could I could comprehend. I understood that there was an ar- arpeggio that was happening. Mm-hmm. I could recreate that on the piano. That's not easy for no. like figuring something out on piano. Moonlight Sonata is not an easy. Oh no 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 song. no! I, but I they I mean I I remember this. This is like picture. I remember sit. I remember the piano. I remember figuring it out. I remember the the tape recorder. I remember going through that process. So I played piano the beginning years of my life, um, and then in fourth grade I joined symphonic band and did the snare drum all the way up until 11th grade. Um, and I played, you know, cymbals and I played timpani and I played bells and I played, and I, I enjoyed that. Uh, I wasn't interested in saxophone or I am now, I think it'd be great to play like the saxophone oh, yeah. or I've tried, it makes my lips hurt, hmm. but <laughs> percussion to me was really interesting. Rhythms really appealed to me at that point. But all along, I was also getting better at piano and I continued piano until I was probably 12 years old. Uh, I was in a jazz piano school, did recitals. I really enjoyed that, but I didn't enjoy recitals. I hated recitals. I couldn't stand recitals. So out of curiosity, as somebody who did not mind, I did not mind recitals. I actually really enjoyed them. But what, what was the turnoff for you for going to recitals? The formalness. That's fair. Yeah. Putting on I, a tux and did you have to put on a tux or no? No, okay. no. I had to be dressed up. I didn't like dressing up. I didn't like the formalness of being in front of a crowd and everybody kind of judging you and like listening and quietly time. seated. Yeah, quietly seated. That was always the weird part to me is the quietly seated. Yeah. Like I want people to cheer while I'm doing stuff. Well, I didn't know that at that point. Yeah. That, <laughs> that I just knew that I didn't like the stress of don't mess up. And for a child that that was, you know, I had to do a piece and I wasn't reading the piece. I was memorizing it. And it was right. more like, let me get this done so I can get off stage. That was not enjoyable for me. So it was very much like piano and drums. And at the age of 12, my mom bought me my first guitar. It was an electric guitar at a flea market. I still have it. It's red. And I didn't really pick it up. But I, I, I kind of strummed along. on. I was like, this is kind of cool, but eh, whatever. And it wasn't until I was about 15 years old 
for us as teachers, that's, that's late. Right. That's like, I only have a couple of years until you're about to either graduate high school or go to college and the time is limited. Right. Right. So at 15, I got exposed to this band for the first time called Metallica. And I heard that. And I heard this song (laughs) called one. And I was like, I like that riff. I want to learn how to play that riff. That riff was it. That was, that was it for me. I took a very, 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 very strong liking into Goldie's music, like the 60s, really getting into that kind of sound. Every Saturday morning, or I know a Saturday night, there was something called Saturday Night, Saturday Gold, and they would play all mm-hmm. of the classic 60s tunes, like Buddy Holly, and they would play like just all the classics that you think of when you think of the 50s and the 60s. Not so much Elvis, but more 60s-ish music. And I really got into that sound, which then brought on the Beatles. And I remember being in seventh grade and doing my end of the year project on the Beatles and getting into them. And I became a very big Beatles freak for a very, very long time. They were my number one band. So when I hit 15, I started listening to Metallica and Guns N' Roses. And I didn't even have, like I said, I had that uh, red guitar, but I didn't have an amp. And I had a, a friend that was in the next neighborhood over. And I would go over to his house and be like, oh, can I play on your amp? <laughs> you know? And then eventually he actually let me borrow it. And much later, I actually got my own amp. But that process of really wanting something, you don't have access to things. So you have to do it yourself. I have to go over to the next neighborhood in order to find an amp. He has tablature books in order to know how to play Ride the Lightning. I'm going to go over there and knock on his door to find out how to play Ride the Lightning because the internet didn't exist back then. Then it turned into, okay, I'm going to learn how to play the guitar. And then I got into my first band that just kind of snowballed into more bands and more bands and more bands. I would go because I'm from Penn State. So what I would do is I would go downtown and on campus and again, no internet. So the only way that you could communicate with other people was to print out a piece of paper and said, looking for a band. If you're interested, call this number and you would put little tickets on the bottom of the, of the page and people would pull it and call me and I would just go play with anybody, anybody who called me, I'd be like, okay, I'll be over. And I would go over their place and I'd play with them. And if it ended up working, great. If it didn't, at least I had the experience of playing with somebody else. That didn't bother me. It's interesting. Like I talk to kids now and they're like, I'd never do that. I'm like, yeah, it was a different time. It was a different time. It was a different time. And, And I just didn't care. It was me as a person in terms of music and wanting to play with other people. That was my number one thing. I wanted to play with other people. I always have. I, I like collaborating with other people and seeing what other people can do. That's always a fun process. So I've always been into that idea of who else can I play with? And I've been in, oh my gosh, lots of bands. I've been the singer for a band. I've been just the guitarist for a band. I've never been the bassist for a band, which I would love to do at some point. You kind of it's fun. Half page, or you did it for half page yeah. a little bit. But I've always, I've always tried to be in a band my entire life. So if I got it right, piano first. Piano first. Then snare drum. Then guitar. Then guitar. 
And then when did voice come along? You mentioned you sang. Voice came along in a band called Learned by Mistake. Good name. It was a three-piece. I was the guitarist, and we had a bassist and a drummer, and the bassist didn't want to sing, and the drummer couldn't sing. So I was like, well, I'll sing. So we were a band for a good three years, and we played bars and did all kinds of stuff. It was a fun, it was a fun. But in that process, I really started honing my chops in terms of vocals and being able to hit the notes that I needed to hit and knowing my range. So it was a, a trial by fire. It wasn't a educational based. No. You you had to learn yep. it as you went. Yep. For me, um, if I needed to learn something, I did it on my own. Right. And that went for all musical instruments. I never really was trained. I did take guitar lessons, but I never paid attention. And I, I just didn't pay attention. Uh, I was more along the lines of, I want to do what I need to do. I know how, I know what I want and I'm going to do what I need to do to get there. Same thing with my education in terms of theory. I did take college classes in terms of learning music theory, but again, I didn't pay attention because what they were going over, I already knew. I remember falling asleep in class and the professor woke me up. She was like all mad that I wasn't paying attention. And she asked me the question and I just kind of went up in the front of the class and did it and went back to my desk and fell back asleep. <laughs> she was very mad at me. I was, like, I, I was like, I get it. I understand what I need to do. Teach me more because you're not moving fast enough for me. But I do remember when I was 21 years old, I had a full-time job at Penn State. While I was at my job, I had a workbook. I had a music theory workbook and I would go off in the woods and I would sit there for hours and I would just work in the music theory book. I had that drive. I, no one told me to, no one, if you have a passion in your life, you're going to go after it. And music theory and music was that for me. I didn't need an instructor. I didn't need a professor. I didn't need somebody to kind of push me. I had the drive to do that. So I was in workbooks doing like all this stuff that I needed to know in order to expand my brain. While all this is going on, I'm still in bands. I'm still, you know, still doing the whole, okay, you guys need a vocalist. We're going to do this. Okay. You guys need a guitarist. I'm going to, we're going to do this. So, and then even when it, when we've been here several years ago, it's been probably six years ago, maybe less, I took all of the best musicians in the school, uh, teachers, and I said, you, 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 and you. We're meeting on Tuesday nights, and we're putting a band together. And that's one of the best experiences that I've ever been in, is taking top-notch musicians and saying, okay, I've got a couple originals that I'm going to give you an outline, and I want your feedback. I want you to help create the band. And... Part of the deal is I want you to do the same. I want you to come to the table with an outline and then have us collaborate with your song and create something that's really special. And we created 18 songs and they were all like really good stuff. And I was just like, this is, this is awesome to be able to play with professional musicians who know their stuff and can bring the best of their ability on their instrument to the table. Not like pulling tickets off of, you know, campus 
you know, anybody want to be in a band? And then you got Joe Schmo over here. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I know how to play some guitar. And you're like, eh, okay, you you're, you're okay. Okay. You know, two chords. Yeah. You know, two <laughs> chords. It was more, it was, it was the first opportunity for me to be like, wow, I'm being challenged and that's awesome. That's yeah. fun. So my, my music, musical journey has been, yes, learning the student as all of us have been a student, the entire journey, but my musical journey has been very all over the place, but that's just on purpose. Going back to kind of what you said about um, it being a different time, you know how, like you said, like this, your students like, I would never do that type of thing. It was a really different time. Yes, I know. <laughs> he so, was yeah. there. I know. <laughs> but it was the, the 80s. <laughs> but my, my point is like, like you didn't have the internet, right? You didn't no. have, you didn't YouTube. have YouTube. YouTube. No. You didn't have these the internet other came things. came in 1992. Exactly. You didn't have these other things that you could do. One, one of the struggles that I'm seeing in budding musicians nowadays they want to do an instrument they don't know exactly what they want to do when they find that instrument they don't practice Mm. they don't have that drive all the time some some do some are like yeah i want to do this i want to do this it's rare it is rare there's a lot of stuff for kids to do nowadays like like it can be overwhelming i do want to interject and say that a lot of my students have busier schedules than i do yeah as somebody who works full time, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, when I, when I talk to students about practicing, even students as young as seven. No, 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 no. Absolutely. It was a different time. I agree with that. And how kids have so much work and so much put on to them mm-hmm. that they just don't have time. They don't have time or the energy. Talking about like the multiple commitments that kids yeah. have today yes. with my family, they were like, you like music. Okay, good. That's fine. You have that. You have do your it. free time. Do yep. that. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Now it's like, we're going to put you in this activity, this activity, this activity, see what you are enjoying. Um, pull you out if you don't like it. Pull you out if you don't like it. But a lot of times they stay in most of those. Because they either like them all. Yeah. Or. I have a couple of the students that do enjoy multiple things. And that's great. Yep. That's fantastic. But a lot of times you see that kids get burnt out from that well that's the other that's the and i've had that discussion with both the kids and parents bringing it up to them because sometimes kids don't know how or when to say no or they don't know what being burnt out feels like right right they just kind of keep on taking it on and i as a teacher strategically like to step in and say hey ever heard of the phrase jack of all trades, master of none. And the idea of you can do many things, but you're never really going to be good at any of them. I know you really like soccer and I know you really like guitar, but they're getting in the way of each other. And at some point you're going to have to make the decision of which one do you want to do? And that's a hard decision Mm -hmm. because not only do they have soccer and guitar, but then they have calculus and they have world history and they have, and it goes on and on and on. And they're like, they get to, you can see them. You can see them get to that point where they're like stressed out. And sometimes I say, if it has to be guitar, that's okay. Your health is more important than anything else. Mm -hmm. And school 
is important than anything else. You have to make sure that you're on top of your studies. Yep. It was a different time. I oh, I agree with you very much so. But at the same time, that drive, I do see it in certain individuals. I yep. do see that drive where they're like, no, this is this is my this is my path. This is what I want to do. Yeah. Music is something that is in my blood and I want to continue yep. it. Yep. That well, was me. With the with box rock, like one of the good things is we can start kids younger mm. than what you would typically think. Like we start kids like at like on piano at five. Mm. And then we can go, I mean, you started at four. Like like we can go from piano and then teach them the basics on piano then they can go to guitar and then they can do whatever they want with guitar so they learn it early on the way they have those skills and everything so when they get a little bit older and they start doing soccer and they start doing football or or whatever they are able to already kind of have the hard part out of the way and just have fun with it sometimes sometimes it's it can it can be a little too much still well sometimes I've also found that some students, they progress very swiftly at a young age and they also get to the point where they've just had enough. I've done that. Gotten to the point where I'm really good at the instrument and I'm just going to walk away now. And as a teacher, that's heartbreaking. It is. yeah. But it happens and it happens a lot actually. But the other thing that, like what you were saying, actually at the very beginning of the episode, beginning an instrument and the time involved. And the time involved when you're a kid, especially from five, seven, all the way up to probably like 13. Yeah, probably about 13. You have plenty of time. The workload from school is not as much. Sports, depending on the, on the individual, is not as serious of a thing for especially teenagers you have a lot of time in your bedroom to devote to an instrument those are very very important years as a musician because you can stay in your bedroom for hours and study that instrument come out of those years really understanding the work that goes behind the instrument and knowing the emotion behind the instrument. As you get older, that time disappears when you start to become an adult and you have more responsibilities and that time you never really get back. So I, f- I find that really, especially the years from like 12 to 14, 15, those are really important years in terms of development as a musician because you do get to a point as a teenager where you've kind of had enough of family. <laughs> you Let may me love, out. You may, yeah. You may love them dearly. Absolutely. But there's also a part of you that kind of strives for this individuality. Absolutely. And you revert back to the bedroom and you kind of do your own thing. And that time as a musician is very well spent because you do really start to understand the instrument and really get into it for hours on end. I mean, I used to practice yeah. for, oh my gosh. I'm having flashbacks. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you would just sit there in your room for hours yep. and hours and mom would 
yell at you to come down for dinner and you're like, yeah, whatever. Don't need to eat Send tonight. Send it up to my room. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> I'm working on this thing, mom. <laughs> or I, you know, like regimentally just tackling song after song after song. And then now that as a teacher, whenever somebody wants to learn that song by the Beatles and I'm like, Oh, that's the 24th song I ever learned. Like knowing cause each one of those was like an, an episode in that journey yeah. and you know, knowing, Oh yeah, you know, the classics, like the songs that every guitarist who's not just like a two chord guitarist, like the serious ones, yeah. like everyone's learned it. Spending the time in the room. I was able to play like, all day up until like eight, nine o'clock at night. Lucky. Yeah. On the drums. Were you like the only house in the neighborhood? Um, I lived in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Then yeah. And my room was on the other side of the house. So your parents were like, go have at it. Yeah. They were like, they're like, we can't hear you. So I mean, go for it. (laughs) And the other part of it as a parent is I know what you're doing. Yeah. That's, 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 that's the safe thing for parents is, is that I can hear you. I know what you're doing. I'm not wondering what you're doing. You're not doing anything bad. You're doing something constructive. That's good. As a parent, you're like, "Mm -hmm. yes, continue doing what you're doing. My parents can confirm, like, once I moved out, one of the first things they said to me was, I miss hearing your music in the house. I'm like, you mean me screeching on the violin, (laughs) trying to get the third octave of my scale? Okay, yeah, but, but you're absolutely right. I'm not a parent yet, but I can understand even if I have a kid, um, <laughs> if they end up doing music, like I'm going to be, you know, very happy that yeah. that's, that they're com- building something. Yeah, it's comforting knowing that they're working on something constructive. From just seeing parents and everything, making sure that their kids are doing something that they want to do mm. is very big. And what we can do here is figure out what they want to do. Like drums might not be for everyone. Piano might not be for everyone. Guitar might not be for everyone. You might not be on the right instrument. You might not even like music. Like you never know. Like you won't know until you try. You got to start somewhere. And like first thing to do is just go to somewhere where you can do that. And this is one of those places. And begin. And begin. So with that, that ends our second episode of the Bach to Rock South Riding podcast. Thank you all for listening. I am Tom. I'm Josh. And I am Aaron. And if you guys have any questions or comments or anything like that, please, you know, let us know. We're, we'd love to have a conversation with you. And if you have any topics for any future uh, episodes, we'd love to dive in. Thank you for listening. And we shall see you next week.